Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. I'm Dave, creator, host, narrator, writer, producer, and, well, I guess you could just say the mind behind AIC Stories. That's right. Like you guys probably know, AIC Stories is a very small, independent, one-man operation. And as you probably know, creating a podcast, especially one with multiple series like AIC Stories, takes a lot of work, a lot of time, effort, and, let's be honest, a lot of money. That's why I wanted to take just a second to let you know that if you love AIC Stories and want to help support the show, you can do that now in a couple different ways, including at buymeacoffee.com slash AIC Stories. Buy Me A Coffee is a way for you as a listener to help keep the lights on and keep the stories flowing. Every little bit helps, and while I was very hesitant to even think about asking anyone for money because, well, who likes to do that? I had more than a few people ask how they could help support AIC Stories, and I figured, why not? People were asking, so let's give you guys the option. And truly, the support means the world to me, so I do sincerely thank you for that. Of course, I know not everyone is in a position to financially support the show through Buy Me A Coffee, but that doesn't mean you still can't help me out immensely. If you can take a second to leave a rating and review, or even just share the show on social media or tell your friends about all the great storytelling content happening right here at AIC Stories, you'll be helping me out just as much as any financial support through Buy Me A Coffee would. And I'm eternally grateful for any and all help that you guys can give me. Like I said, this is a small independent podcast and it takes a lot of work to keep this thing going and any of this help that you can do really just means the world to me and helps me keep delivering better and better content to you guys each and every week. So jump over to buymeacoffee.com slash AIC stories, or just visit AICstories.com and you'll find all the links right there if you want to help financially support AIC stories. Or of course, you can find me on social media everywhere at AIC stories, and you can leave a rating review in the podcast player of your choice. So share the show, tell your friends, Rate and review if you can, and if you're able to and interested, buymeacoffee.com slash AIC stories is where you can go to financially support the show and, and help keep these stories flowing. I do truly appreciate it. I'm sorry for the interruption here. Now, let's get to our regularly scheduled programming. Mystery Minnesota is an original fiction podcast from Adventures in Creativity Productions. Call it an anthology of strange stories, mysteries of a punishing land, and the people that call it home. And these stories impacted one man's life in a way he never anticipated. Believe them or don't. But remember, these stories are told in order, so make sure and start at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll be here whenever you catch up. Welcome to Mystery Minnesota. It takes real fear, the kind that freezes you in place and sticks to your very bones to turn your back on what you love and the truth. Maybe it's just being a coward. Maybe it's that three pounds of flesh between our ears working its magic, doing what it can to ensure self-preservation. Either way, 
to swallow your truth and turn away from a part of your life that is essential to your well-being, mm, that's real fear. Our brains are really something, aren't they? We're all wired differently and it's all due to the pathways that are forged through our lives from experiences had and difficulties faced. I look back now and I can't help but wonder if maybe my pathways, the, the hunk of meat I call my brain, maybe something inside is broken. Why else would I see someone like Walter, a man that needs to be out in nature to survive? turn his back on the things he loved the most because what he saw scared him so badly. And my first instinct is that I need to go see for myself? What is my problem? Why couldn't I see it for what it was and just let it be? Well, as I healed, those last days in the hospital were mostly a haze. I gained a little more freedom each day and took advantage to go talk with Walter a few more times. I, I don't know, I, I guess I hoped he'd have something more to tell me. You see, he was the, the closest thing to a lead that I had in my search, and while I knew I should have been throwing in the towel and just letting things be, God, I, I just couldn't walk away. And when he told me he smelled the peppermint smell that now seeped out of my wounds in nauseating fashion, well, I, I guess that's that's why there was no hope of me just dropping it and walking away from it all. It, it was a connection, a solid connection. If that creature, whatever had nearly killed me, was still out there, then maybe Roger was as well, which meant that somehow maybe finding Mystery Minnesota was within reach. My brother, he still came to see me every day, though he seemed, well, I don't know, he seemed off. I, I could tell something was bothering him, but that something seemed to be something he didn't want to talk about. Whenever I tried to pick his brain about Walter's story or how it might fit in with the search for Mystery Minnesota, he'd, he'd perk up a little, he'd listen to my theories, and then, even though he seemed to want to say something, he'd he'd just clam up. Occasionally it was just a forced laugh and, you know, telling me this was all just more crazy town madness. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes he'd even seem to get angry. When he'd get angry, those, those were the times he'd storm off, he's mumbling about that stupid note in Grandpa's pocket as, as he'd stalk out into the hallway of the hospital room and go get coffee or some water or ice or I don't know whatever he'd do I took it as a sign that I was irritating him with my constant obsession with Walter's story and how it fit into my journey to uncover more on this mythical little town but I I don't know I, I couldn't help myself I, I guess I was obsessed like I said you know that that tiny hospital room had begun to feel like a prison the walls closing in 
Oh, just more and more each day. I know I was driving my brother crazy with the constant chatter about how we needed to go talk with Arnie and Maggie Selfridge. How we needed to go check out the spot Walter had told us about and what it all might mean, but... Look, being locked up in there with this daily visit from my brother being my only real point of human contact, well... It was like a starving man being dropped off at an all-you-can-eat buffet. I was so starved for any kind of human contact that he came and it was like a fire hose just ripped open, blasting at full strength. And when you're in that situation, I guess you just sort of lose your grip on proper social behavior and find yourself shoving plate after plate down your throat, even though it's making you sick. Which is why, when they finally gave me the all-clear to go home, I was shocked to find that my brother, he helped me back into my place, and, and he, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, I found when we walked in the door, he had basically set up camp, set up a bed in the living room for himself. He moved in. Of course, my first reaction was to be annoyed. I mean, who wants their little brother living with them, but... You know, I don't know. I, I remember thinking, who did he think he was just moving himself into my place like that without asking? I mean, after all, I didn't need my little brother to take care of me. I, I was fine. But eventually I realized pretty quickly, actually, that the reality being, he was absolutely right. I, I did need his help. Even though I was released from the hospital, I, I still hadn't fully regained my strength, so the extra hands to help out with the day-to-day -day chores was... It was welcome. Like I said, he always had my back, and I really didn't deserve it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I didn't treat him badly or anything. We always had a strong relationship, but without him, well, I'm not sure they would have even released me when they did. Truth is, I, I needed his help way more than I cared to admit. And if it meant I had to put up with his keeping some sort of secret from me and with his occasional grumbling about the note in Grandpa's pocket when he didn't think I could hear, well, so be it. I was glad to have him around, I guess. Sure, he was my little brother, but at that moment I, I looked up to him. He was the type of man I hoped to someday be. Anyways, uh, hmm. enough reminiscing. Um, as you can imagine, I, I wanted to go see the spot that Walter told us about, but I wasn't quite sure where it was. I mean, sure, I knew the area around Ten Mile Pit, roughly, and we're about to find Packshoe Falls Lake, but I had only been up that way a few times when I was younger, and man, that was, that was years ago. Not to mention that in my current state, I don't know that I could have made more than a few hundred yards hiking around the woods, so... My brother convinced me that we needed to talk with Arnie and Maggie Selfridge first. See what we could find out from them and maybe if, if they might be willing to, to help show us the way. Now I know I'm kind of skipping ahead in the story a bit, but once I got home that spring and early summer, there really wasn't much happening besides hanging out and continuing to heal at home, boring stuff as I tried to relearn how to clean my own house and do my own laundry because I, I'm gonna tell you I was pretty beat up but that's all pretty boring stuff so for your sake I'm, I'm just gonna skip ahead to the important parts here all right anyways uh, eventually 
little while later, after a few phone calls and conversations to explain my search for Mystery Minnesota, my experiences up to now, and why I was wanting to meet with them, they agreed to have us come out to their place and said they had a strange story for us as well, but nothing as crazy as Walter's fairy tale, so... I don't know, I, I, I couldn't help but think of Ben as we drove those dirt roads up to the 10 mile pit area. Dust clouds hanging in the air like that thick summer fog that haunted him and provided cover for old Zeke to stalk his prey. It was, uh, it was still afternoon that day, it wasn't too hot. I remember aside from the ever present state of birds of Minnesota, uh, no not the loon, I'm talking about the mosquitoes, they were everywhere like always. Uh, Except for that, it was a pretty perfect day. See, that time of year, the, the suffocating green of northern Minnesota in the summer, it, it closes in on these old back roads and threatens to seal them off for good. But as we drove, they just kind of suddenly opened up and gave way to a small group of fields with an old farmhouse sitting in the easternmost corner of that property. You could see it all spread out just below as we slowly crested the hill and turned onto the old driveway leading to the farmhouse. The fields looked to be alive, the, the wheat and hay grass just starting to turn that beautiful golden shade as the seasons rolled on. The shore of Pakshu Falls Lake flashing and glinting as the sun reflected off its glass-like surface behind the house. Beautiful. All but the area nearest the old farmhouse. You see that? Well, that looked like nothing more than dried up and dead grass. Almost like someone had run a perfect circle around that house, about, I don't know, 150 yards in all directions, and, and sprayed some sort of weed or grass killer, I don't know. It, what is it, Roundup? Something like that. The kind that basically nukes the whole area so that in a year or so, something new can be planted. I, I don't know. It was very strange, just dead grass everywhere. I, I couldn't imagine why anyone would have their own yard and house sprayed like that, especially if they were leaving the rest of their property untreated, but I suppose different strokes for different folks. You know, I, I remember asking my brother about it as we slowly pulled down that driveway, wondering what would cause such a thing. Why would someone do that? Yeah, of course he was with me. There was no way I was able to keep him away from any more digging I was doing into Mystery Minnesota. Even if he spent just as much time grumbling about that stupid note and stupid quest to find this fairy tale place as I did theorizing what might be going on. Plus, after a few months, I guess a guy kind of gets used to making his little brother drive him everywhere. <laughs> my, uh, my own personal chauffeur. But when I asked him about the strange way everything seemed dead around the house, he just rolled his eyes and, man, I can still hear him say it. Not everything needs to be involved in your little mystery. God, he was just so smug about it. Which is probably what made the drive home later that day so explosive, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Maggie greeted us as we got out of the car, calling over Arnie, who was working on some sort of haying equipment in his tractor. Looking at them, they were a typical old-school Iron Range couple, probably late 60s, maybe even early 70s. I, I don't know how to quite describe it because they, they both just had the look of someone that has worked hard their whole life, but didn't carry any of the stress like most of us due to the slightly more relaxed atmosphere of lakeside living. I, 
I think when you spend your life able to jump in the lake for a swim whenever you want or walk down to the edge of your yard and hop in the boat for an evening fishing adventure, well, that kind of thing has a way of helping you stay a bit more carefree. Maybe it's just something with living close to the water that lets you learn how to let things just roll off your back a little easier. I don't know. Whatever it is, the Selfridges ooze that lakeside cool. Warm, friendly smiles, skin so tanned it looked like well-worn leather, hair somehow looking a bit windblown even though there wasn't as much as a slight breeze at the moment. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder if that's from all the time spent cruising around the lake on a boat for year after year. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just another, I don't know, another crazy theory. <laughs> Anyways. Arnie, he, he greeted us both with a hearty handshake and Maggie welcomed us with a hug and with an invitation to come around back to the screen porch so we can enjoy the evening without mosquitoes while we talked. Walking around to the back of the house and up to the large screen porch, Maggie asked us to please excuse the mess as she gestured to the bags of fertilizer and grass seed piled next to the sidewalk. She laughed it off as, you know, kind of one of those you know how it goes as a homeowner, always some sort of project you're working on type of situations. My brother's eyes though, they were <laughs> they were like a cartoon, you know, you know the ones where the eyes come shooting out of the face, bulging in smug satisfaction as he shot me a look that said, See? I told you there's no mystery with the dead grass, you idiot. <laughs> Man, he was just so smug and that look in his eyes. I swear his eyes were bulging two feet out of his head as he looked at me. But that's also which why, after we got situated on the porch with Arnie and Maggie as the sun continued to dance across the calm surface of the lake, loons calling in the distance, Arnie taking a long pull from his ice-cold beer that he had just cracked before he dropped a bomb on us, how my brother's arrogant satisfaction about being right about the grass shriveled and died faster than a walleye swallows a crawler harness on a cool, choppy morning on the lake. In fairness, I think my jaw was on the floor because I couldn't believe that these people, sweet and carefree, lakeside-living-minded Arnie and Maggie Selfridge, these people had called to have Walter put into the mental ward of the hospital. Walter who told them what he saw. Walter, who brought Arnie to the spot where Arnie found his backpack that had clearly sat there overnight in his haste to leave. Walter, who claimed to have found a parking lot's worth of cars in the middle of the woods that had apparently vanished the next day. Walter, that had lost his wife, and really his life, because one weird event he claims to have witnessed. Yeah, these people. The Selfridges, yeah, they sat there, carefree on the shores of Pakshu Falls Lake, as if nothing had ever happened. I couldn't help but feel a bit of anger build as they told us their story. A story they insisted on telling us before Arnie would even say whether or not he'd take us to the place where Walter had brought him. A story that was every bit as strange, no, it was way stranger than Walter's, and yet here they sat, drinking cold beers smugly in a lakeside screen porch, starting a story with Arnie asking Maggie, where should I start? All the way back at the UFO encounter or should I skip past that?
Mystery Minnesota is an Adventures in Creativity production written, produced, and performed by David Swiduck. You can find out more about the show and all of the others at AICpod.com. If you're enjoying what you hear, be sure to reach out to us on social media by following at AIC Stories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or, of course, you can email us via the contact form on the site. If you want to support the show and help more people discover and uncover the mysteries we're exploring, you can leave us a review or, most importantly, share Mystery Minnesota with your friends. Look, no matter where you hang out, be it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Instagram, word of mouth is still the best thing you can do to help support life here in Mystery Minnesota. So don't be shy. Let people know what's up. Of course, we'd love it if you checked out all of the other storytelling fun happening with Adventures in Creativity Productions as well. So while you're at AICpod.com, go ahead and explore all of the other content right there. You can get all of the great projects like Faded Words and Adventures in Creativity in one convenient place by subscribing to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice really is the best way to keep up with everything we have coming up for you on Adventures in Creativity Productions. But if you only want to follow the story of Mystery Minnesota, you can find us under Mystery Minnesota in your podcatcher or at anchor.fm slash mysteryminnesota. So get yourself all caught up and stick with us because there's more to the story here in Mystery Minnesota. <laughs>